Welcome to another episode of the CC Podcast Conversations, where inspiring Christians share their faith-filled stories. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star rating, and write a review. This helps push our content to a broader audience. Are you new to listening? Check out our other podcasts. First, the CC Podcast Daily Dose Devotions, where we're walking through the Bible, focusing on short clips of Scripture. Second is the CC Broadcast, where our weekly radio programming is archived. These podcasts are available wherever you're listening or at christiancrusaders.org. Okay, let's get started with today's episode. Here's our host, Matt Reister, the Executive Director of Christian Crusaders. Hey everybody, Christian Crusaders is 85 years old as of early September, so happy birthday to us. And we've got an interview today with myself and Julie Nordstrom, who was the previous director of Christian Crusaders before I came on board. Great conversation. You're going to love it. Andrew, do you know anything about Julie? Uh, I met her once or twice, maybe. I You're don't the know. first one. To, she was the first one you met. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, Julie's my mom, and uh, so she's uh, that connection's the reason that I'm, or the biggest reason, I suppose, that, that I'm working here now, so... Uh, yeah, it was it was great to have her back in the office and, and reliving uh, some of those things from her her six and a half years here. Our goal was to get a handful of former directors together, but the two that we thought were going to be available ended up not being available at the last minute. We just went ahead and recorded without them and I think had a great conversation. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I think our listeners are going to enjoy it. You've got a list of the previous executive directors bust through that just for the posterity's sake i know this ministry started in 1936 yeah and for the first seven years there was no executive director or, or, paid or at staff. least yeah or at least none that i could find listed but yeah so starting in and this is crazy to me but 1943 to 1981 um we have the, the person that was in that role was, was harriet obel or obley i'm not sure how to pronounce her name but yeah to have somebody 38 years. And so, that would have covered three preachers. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Melkert, Schlachtenhofen, and Homer. And well into Homer, yeah. So that's it's crazy. You I, said I, she started off not as the executive director, but maybe a secretary or something. Some, but then, something like the executive secretary or something. You know, back then, you know, 43, that's, you know, that's 70 some years ago now, 80 years ago almost. Uh, Hard to hard to figure out what exactly her role was and what, what she was doing day to day or anything like that without knowing more. But by eighty one, she was the executive director. Yeah, definitely by the end she was. So if 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 any of our listeners out there, longtime listeners, if you guys know anything, know anything about Harriet or or the role that she played here, uh, we would we'd absolutely love to hear more about that. So definitely send us. She uh, would be the second longest tenured person with this ministry behind Homer after who was Homer preaching mm-hmm. for 50 or 52 years right yeah who else you got so yeah so after Harriet then we have uh, Harold Hamelman uh, Rex de Laverne Catherine Orth and then Rex uh, came back uh, Rex de Laverne and, and Claire Rampton who was uh, an announcer for us for a while they came back and just filled in on an interim basis Claire um, was also I was a custodian here yeah. at, at Nazareth Church when I was attending you and I. The offices of Christian Crusaders are in Nazareth Church. And Claire Rampton was the radio voice for the UNI Panthers football and basketball team. So we would be doing our custodial things and Claire would be in recording and we just thought it was oh my gosh, there's Claire Rampton. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anybody has a voice for radio, boy, that's that's yeah. he's the guy, right? Uh so yeah, and then uh after they the two of them were sort of co interim uh directors uh until uh and the, the four mom, kind of modern ones that, that we were going to have uh, scheduled. So Karen Mills, 
uh, Janet Menon, and then uh, Julie, who we had uh, interviewed and before you. In 1998, you said Karen Mills started. Yeah. And one of my buddies, who is also a custodian, and was at UNI, he studied information systems or information technology, Dave Chittister. Mm-hmm. He told me after he found out that I took this job that he actually built Christian Crusader's very first web page. Oh, wow. As a project, I think, for his uh, you know, school up at UNI. Yeah. And obviously, it would have been just very rudimentary, and we'd probably laugh our heads off at oh, it. Oh, sure. Although it could have been a lot worse than the one that we just replaced a couple <laughs> <Yeah>. years ago. <laughs> yeah, we, we've we've done some good improvements technologically here recently. Make but... sure you visit christiancrusaders.org if you haven't. Yeah, yeah. Everything is up there. Um, we so, keep adding more and more uh, going backwards, uh, more and more archives. So if you want to hear uh, old messages from Pastor Homer, um, there's, there's, I think we're almost to 300 messages from, from Homer Larson. So I think what your mom and I landed on when we were talking yesterday is just God's faithfulness to this ministry over the last yeah. 85 years and the commitment that the leaders, the preachers have had to God's word, to the gospel. And uh, despite the new things we're doing with podcasts and technology, which are important, yeah. um, we're going to continue to put our stake in the ground around the gospel and the word of God. I think that's the secret to this ministry's success. And we're thankful. Yeah. I think uh, our listeners are going to really appreciate to hear some of the stories um, where, where God sort of unexpectedly to us uh, use this ministry or put people in the path of this ministry or put people into this ministry mm-hmm. um, that, that they would have never really thought you know, they themselves never thought they'd be a part of. Did you, you think and, you'd be doing this? No, not at all. And Me neither. You and and my mom, and I'm sure probably most of the people on this list. Um, you know, they they yeah. probably woke up most mornings not thinking they were going to be a part of this until they were. So yeah, yeah, really cool, awesome. Enjoy the conversation with Julie Nordstrom, and thanks for tuning in. Matt Reister, and today I've got a great guest, Julie Nordstrom, who was my predecessor as the director of Christian Crusaders from 2013 to 2019. Julie, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Matt. I've made a mess of your office. Yes, yes, you have, but it, <laughs> it fits you. <laughs> I tell you what, when I stepped into this role, Julie had everything impeccably organized. I am the antithesis of organization. Uh, the file cabinet still looks pretty good, I think. But in terms of just the slop everywhere, Jen was just telling me the other night, someday when our kids are grown, I'm going to be able to help you. But until then, you're going to have to get by without me. <laughs> and that's kind of what we're struggling through here. And I certainly can't rely on Andrew to help uh, clean my office either. So we've got two young guys that are trying to make our way. Um, Christian Crusaders has turned 85 years old. September 6th is the actual date. We're past that now. It's the ninth today, I believe. Mm-hmm. But this is a ministry that God has blessed and used for decades now, 85 years. And you played uh, an important role in that for at least seven years while you were the director. Um, we had a couple other directors that are around who weren't able to make it today. But we thought it'd be fun to kind of bring you in and have a conversation with you about your perspective on what God mm-hmm. has done. Uh, so tell the story of how, how did you end up, and not everybody here obviously listening to this n- knows you, so I mean, go back as far as you want to go uh, sure. and 
How did you end up as the director of Christian Crusaders in 2013? Well, I'll just give you a little foundation. When I was, what brought me to the area was my husband, Paul Nordstrom, was called to be a pastor here at Nazareth Lutheran. And we moved here, and he was on staff for many years, and then he passed away. And in that interim, um, I went back into the workforce, and I became the activity coordinator at Windhaven, part of the Western Home Communities. And That's after, a retirement center in the area. Yes, and the place that I was was an assisted living. And I loved that job. I loved getting to know the people and just my role there. It was a really good fit for me. But as I worked there longer and longer, part of the job, both sad and positive in a way, is just saying goodbye. You mm. know, so many, so much of it was... Um, people had to move on to another facility or pass away. So um, sometimes that got a little wearying. And so I just prayed about it and wondered if, you know, if I needed to move on to try and find another job. And as I was going through that transition, I would apply for different things and everything fell through. And finally, I just gave it up to the Lord. And I said, you know, if you want me to stay here, you'll equip me with whatever I need to get through the hard times, Mm -hmm. and that was fine. Well, it wasn't very long after that that um, a friend of mine, Mary, who was on the board at the time of Christian Crusaders, um, we she's also a widow in the area, and we would have dinner periodically, since become a really great friend. Um, But we would have dinner, and she, she said one time at dinner, hey, if you're still looking for something else, have you ever thought about applying for the job of executive director at Christian Crusaders? And I said... What would that entail? I don't even know. And she goes, well, just check out the website. I think you'd be good at it. I'm not kidding. It was probably three weeks later or something. We get together for dinner again. And she goes, hey, did you ever check out that job that I told you about? And I go, no, I, I didn't. What What is that? I don't, I wasn't really that. I knew about Christian Crusaders. I knew about Homer Larson's involvement with it, but I didn't really know um, the background of it. And so then that was the little nudge. And so I looked at the website and got my resume ready and sent it in. And God led me through that process to the point where out of like, I think it was 25 applicants, they offered me the job. Hmm. So again, you know, God, you surrender. At least that was the lesson I learned in my life was you surrender and God will supply if we truly seek him. And so I came into this role as executive director um, a little unsure, but really happy to be in full-time ministry. Let me time out a second and just yeah. ask you a question. So Paul was a pastor at Nazareth. Yes. And so you were around here. When did you, you guys came to town in 1991? Yes. And he passed away in? 2004. 2004. Mm-hmm. So you had 13 years of exposure to Nazareth Church and mm-hmm. to Homer Larson right. as the senior pastor Right. of the church, and the radio preacher for Christian Crusaders. Mm-hmm. And because of his dual role, Nazareth had given Christian Crusaders an office. Yes. And we still have that office today. Yes. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because you were no more, there's no one more on the inside at Nazareth <laughs> than you were at that time. And you knew very little about Christian Crusaders. I know. And I think that that's actually pretty common. I think there are a lot of people walking around town who know that it's a thing and maybe there, yeah, I know there's a weekly radio program that Homer used to preach on or that whatever. Um, 
So can you remember what you did know of it or what you thought of it? Yeah, I can. And that's a good point because when my husband was here, when Paul was here as a pastor, his first office was on the main floor. So we would come in the main door, we'd go around the what was then the library and go back behind the old kitchen into his office. Back. Which is pretty much right here. Yeah, which is pretty much right where we are right now. And then right to the... It would be to the south of that office was a little office that every once in a while would it, would have big signs that says, quiet, we're recording. You know? <laughs> but honestly, I didn't, I really didn't know so much about like it. So you're like three feet from the recording yeah. studio and really didn't know much about no, it. No, and I didn't know the staff at that time. I mean, I knew that Homer was involved, but, and there was a little recording studio across the hall from Paul's office where Homer would actually, it had like, um, stuff on the walls and stuff that you would buffer the sound. And yeah. so he and he had a little lectern in there. Yeah. And he would stand behind to um, present his message every week. The other thing he had in there, which we have right on our desk here, is the stopwatch. Yes. It had a stopwatch to time his yes. his sermon. And it, around that time, between ninety four and ninety eight, I was a custodian here at Nazareth right. Church. I was going to UNI, mm-hmm. and we all, a bunch of us college guys, worked for a, a woman named Marlene Engen. And so we would have to come clean the offices of Christian Crusaders in the re- recording studio, and she would just bark at us like, if Homer is in the studio, be quiet, you know? like <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I was like you. Like, I knew it was a thing, but didn't really know what it was. Right. So... Anyway, yeah. you, you get the job. and Yeah. And so, um, well, just to finish that thought, that it's in- interesting because I think the Lord, in his wisdom, has such a sense of humor in a way because who would know that, you know, years later, I would be in that office right next to where Paul had been. Yeah. And, and then when I was here during the time that Nazareth did a big remodel, and so we moved our office or they moved our office into what was the library. So we are virtually right where my... A few feet away. Yeah, a few feet away from where my husband's old office was. And now what's funny is Andrew, your son, and we'll get to him in a second because he's our technical director and we'll tell the story of how he came to be in that role. He's right here, which is a few feet in the other direction. And so his joke is that uh, he's got two sisters and they're going to have to move into offices over here at some point yeah, exactly. so the entire Nordstrom family can ha- have, have an office within this, you know, few feet. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So then I became the director and at first it was just, uh, getting to know what was going on and everything with the ministry. And it was amazing to see how long it had gone and the vital role that pastor Larson had on it. And he was, a pastor for I think of this ministry for over 50 years yeah so it started with a dude named G.E. Melkert Mm -hmm. he was a pastor at Trinity Lutheran Church in Waterloo and they used to broadcast the worship services from that church so right right now these preachers record sermons not during worship service that's live just kind of in their studio or wherever and we kind of put it together with some music and broadcast it and uh, G.E. Melkert they would do that service. You remember Jerry Ortman, I'm sure. Yeah, sure. Jerry Ortman just passed away, but he was an electrician in town and he was at Trinity Lutheran way back, not at the beginning, but he moved to town shortly after Christian Crusaders had started. He tells a story about how he jerry-rigged, which is kind of a pun because if you know Jerry Ortman, his name is Jerry and he's also an engineer, kind of jerry rig type guy, but he jerry-rigged a set of lights that 
would be in the pulpit so that when Melkert was preaching, he would know, of course, they only had a 30-minute time slot. So the service is going to last more than uh, 30 minutes. And so the right. lights would let Melkert know when the radio yeah. audience was with them and when the radio audience was going off so he could kind of wrap up whatever he needed to for the radio audience and then continue to finish the service. So th the second guy was a, a guy named Schlachtenhofen or mm -hmm. Schlachtenhoven. Mm -hmm. And then Homer was the third preacher, mm -hmm. and uh, he was, like you said, for more than 50 years. Yeah. Homer was the longest tenured preacher and the one that I think people know the most who've been around Christian Crusaders for a while. And then Homer's son-in-law, Steve Kramer, took the mantle after Homer, and we hired, uh, while you were here, Lee Lavig was an associate preacher. Mm -hmm. And so where are we at there? That's fifth or sixth. And then uh, we've just hired Tim Butker, who's replaced Lee Lavick as the associate preacher who retired. So right. quite a stable of preachers. Yeah. And really, from what I've read about the older guys and what I knew about Homer and I know about Steve and Lee and Tim, is just a commitment to the Word of God, that's commitment exactly to the gospel. Right. Yep, yep. And I think that's kind of the, if you were to say, what's the secret to this rinky-dink radio ministry? How did it last 85 years? I think that's what it is. Exactly. I think that's the core and that's how God has used it to continue and to speak to different people in our culture of, at different times as we've gone on. And it's, it's about the gospel. It's about lifting up Jesus. Yeah. So um, what do you, first of all, you enjoy retirement? Yeah, <laughs> very much. Thank you. I've been hearing of different trips you've been taking and travels yeah. you made. And so yep. that, that's great. Yeah, it's Spending nice. time with friends and mm -hmm. family and grandkids. A lot of grandkid time. Yep. Um, you know, even as you're in this office, this was your office. Yes, it was. I mean, what, how did your days go or how did, how did it play out for you? Yeah. Um, when I would come in to work and start our day, we would get going on all the, I did a lot with the financial uh, part of it and keeping track of all the donations and where we were at with our finances and making sure that people were thanked and um, just making contact. We also would have people um, call in peri periodically and talk about, you know, the difference that it made on their lives or how they missed a um, a sermon some Sunday because of some radio glitch, and then I'd have to run that down. I'd make contracts with different radio stations, um, all those things, and then I did a limited amount of visiting, but that was probably the area that I didn't do as much. Right now, we're on uh, somewhere between 20 and 25 stations. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are in Iowa or in the Midwest. We've got one out in Maine. We've got some out on the West Coast. We've got one in Montana. And then there are some other radio stations that are around the world. I think we've got one in Kenya. Um, and we've got some Internet radio that just broadcasts all over the world. One of the things that has just blown my mind is how many people – you hear from, and we don't hear from gobs and gobs of people. Frankly, we'd love to hear from more people. So if you're listening to this and you have a story about how Christian Crusaders has blessed you, we'd love to hear it. But just random, right. like someone in England right. turned on the broadcast. Like, how do you even find it? Mm -hmm. And then it somehow, you know, spoke to them or God used it to bless them or challenge them. Um, you know, you've got your regulars who I, I could name off three or four people who we talk to on the phone probably once every two or three weeks because they're calling in to ask for a transcript or calling in to give some feedback. We love that. Um, 
but you just when you're kind of scattering seed this way mm-hmm. you know through a radio broadcast and now we've added some podcasts mm-hmm. who knows who at what time uh is going to be tuning in i got a text message from a friend it was from a friend. She received the text message from her brother. Her brother is a rodeo cowboy, wrestles steers. And he was on his way back home from a rodeo, and he was in the back of the trailer trying to sleep, and he couldn't get to sleep. And he had heard that we have a podcast, and he tuned into our Daily Dose devotions and, you know, was blessed by that. It's like, how random is that? That's the Holy Spirit. It is. Yeah. I'd like to, I'm going to share that one of the first things that I did when I came on board was um, part of our ministry would go every two years to NRB. Uh, maybe you've talked about that. National Religious Broadcasters. So there was a uh, convention. It's basically our, the, the industry's convention. Yes. Christian exactly. radio. But I didn't know much about it. So I, I thought, well, for sure we'd go the first year that I was on board and check it out. And a lot of it was geared toward bigger ministries, I'd have to say. But and as I prayed about, like, what's my mission here, Lord? What's what? Where does Christian Crusaders fit in this? I I kept running into this one guy. Like he'd sit. At, we'd happen to he and his wife would sit at our table for lunch, or you know, I'd sit by him at a uh, one of the programs. And so we got to talking a little bit, and he asked about the ministry I was involved in, and he said, you know. I'm our. He was part of a big um, radio minute. Uh, radio. Uh, what's what is it? Just like a big radio group. Yeah, like, like a Salem big radio or, yes, or something yes. like that. I don't know how to say it, but anyway, he was a part of that. And he goes, you know, I don't think your ministry would fit in for us so well, but I we are partnering with a little radio station in Kenya, and that's how we got on that station. Is that Amani? Yes. That's wow. Amani. And that and I knew as soon as we, you know, made that connection and I got home and we went through the whole thing, I knew that was the purpose of why we were there that time. And it seemed like every time I went to NRB, there was some little caveat yeah. thing that it was like, that's our purpose. That's why you had me come. What's Lord. crazy, I just went to NRB. They it was uh rescheduled and yes. last year it was canceled and yeah. so it was in June this last summer. And we write a pretty big check to NRB to be yes, members of them. Exactly. And then you spend money sending me down there. Mm-hmm. And it's always at a way nice hotel. So yep. we're spending more money than we need to on a hotel room. Yep. And I kind of went down there with kind of a skeptical, like, okay, mm-hmm. prove to me that we're not wasting our money here. Right. And I was looking for a reason to bail on NRB. Mm-hmm. I went down there. I had the same experience. Um, it was more along the lines of, of honing our podcasting. Mm-hmm. But... There were, I came back with a list of probably 15 or 20 things that we could do immediately that would make a huge difference yeah. in, in our ministry's effectiveness. And one of the things that was amazing is that a lot of Christian radio ministries, to save money, have left the radio. They've stopped buying radio right. time, and they've gone into the podcast space. Which I think the reason we have podcasts now is because I think we need to be in that space for sure. But one of the things that one of the experts down there was saying was, do not give up your radio contracts. you got to stay on the radio because the radio still has way more reach than a podcast does. And you need to use your radio time to do your radio stuff, but also promote your podcasts. And so there were a bunch of ministries that are much further down the road than we are 
much more sophisticated than we are who were at NRB this year hearing that and they were scrambling because they're going we got to get back on the radio and I mm-hmm. left there going man we've really got an asset here because we're on the radio we've been on the radio we just need to use our radio uh, time a little bit more effectively to also point people to our podcast and so I had the same experience you did like what am I doing down here right why are we spending this money and then I came back with I think some big ideas that are going to really bless our ministry It's interesting to hear you have the same experience. Well, and I just would add to that, that, you know, 10 years ago when I first started going to that or whenever it was, um, it was, it was the opposite. Like I was just starting to hear about podcasts and things and like getting that vision, like we already have like the equipment or a lot of it, you know, we have a lot of the foundation that we need to spring forward into some of these other technological areas that would be, that are a great opportunity and I, I too think it's great that you didn't give up the radio because I think a lot of our population still listens to the radio. Yeah. Like I, you know, like some of the younger generation perhaps doesn't, but there are a lot of people that yeah. still, that's what they do. They, I, I was at a uh, family gathering on my wife's side. I'm trying to remember what it was. I think it was the Fourth of July, down in Southern Iowa, and one of my wife's cousins. Her husband is a hog farmer, um, and he just randomly said, hey, I hear you on the radio every Sunday. And, and I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? He said, yeah, you know, we've out in the hog barn when we're choring, we've got this certain radio mm-hmm. station on, a Christian radio station, and Christian Crusaders comes on, and I heard that you're helping lead that now. And it's just like I the people who you find out that listen to this, you never would imagine. Right. And, and like you said, a ton of people are listening to the radio. Right. And uh, yeah, it's kind of a silent majority, you know, in a way like they're just they listen, but we don't always hear feedback from them. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I would love we need to do something to we, encourage we that encourage feedback. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we uh, whether it's, you know, constructive criticism or whether it's, you know, this is how the Lord is using this. That's just an inspiration for us to hear that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so you were talking about uh, uh just different people that you've worked with mm-hmm. in in this role. Um, we're t- I'm going to name Paul Nielsen. He's an accountant uh, who has been a huge help to me as we've developed or moved into some new uh, accounting software. And uh, Paul spent a ton of time on the phone with me. We used to pay Paul. Yes. And then he would basically just give back what we paid yeah, to him. Exactly. And, or yeah. not turn his hours in or something like that. And so, I mean... There are so many people over the years who have made this thing go, who are, their name's not on the door, no one's ever going to know about them. Anyone come to your mind who fits that role? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that, because one of the people, um, I have a couple people, but one of them was Paul Zimmerman. Paul Zimmerman and his wife were very encouraging when I first got going. They'd stop in, and he was retired at the time, but he helped, he was the treasurer of the board at the time. And he would come in, and he would always be so positive and just, he'd go, you got this, you're fine. And, and one time I said something about why we, why we had our money sort of in three or four different banks and that I was thinking of just consolidating that. And he was like, he just laughed. He goes, yeah, you go ahead and just put that in one bank. It doesn't matter. That came out of a time when we were a little more, we like to have our eggs in various baskets. Um, but he was just so faithful and, uh, later in, after he, pa- after his wife passed away and I would even go visit him a couple of times, 
he just spoke so fondly of this ministry, and um, it was a great relationship to have. He just was uh, a steward of the Lord, and he used that talent in a great way to help me, but also to help the ministry. Another one, another Paul, we have a lot of Pauls here, <laughs> um, was Paul Creedon. Oh, yeah. He was uh, chairman of the board when I came on, and he would, that was, I think, the second round where you can be on the board for two terms and then you have to get off and this was his second round of doing that and he would be the chairman and he kept that position the whole time um he was able to be on the board and he again was so faithful um and encouraging to us he would come in and give us little pep give me little pep talks about like what he thought was happening and if he'd heard anything any feedback from people on the ministry or some of the messages um very Again, strong man of God that would just help us in that role. Mm -hmm. So those are two that come to my mind right away. Anyway, that's I know uh, Jan Freed has yeah. been really involved here over the years, yes. and I didn't really know I knew her name, mm -hmm. but I met Jan and Tom. Uh, I remember talking to him over in Fellowship Hall. I think it was at a funeral luncheon for somebody who had passed away here in the last year or so. But to hear the stories of just kind of behind the scenes, stuffing envelopes, helping yeah. get mailings out the door. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot that goes into this. She was my right-hand person for many years. She worked part-time here. She had, she was in the transition. She had worked under the former director, Janet Menon, mm -hmm. um, who had had some health issues and brought Jan Janet uh, Freed on board. And so then I... She worked with me as well, and she was just great. Another person was Crystal yeah. Good Gooding Smith. She was here for many years. She she kind of uh, was part of how many different administrations, so to speak? Uh, Did she, it go all the way back to Karen Mills or before yeah, that? Before that. Mm -hmm. Who was before Karen? We'd have to look it up. Yeah. But that was only was here like a year and a half. Early so. 2000s. Yeah. So, yeah, there. Crystal really was kind of the source of yeah. some institutional knowledge for a long time. Yes, she was. She is a great... She has a great knowledge of the historical facts. Yeah. So um, one thing you talked about, and I can, you said, I never really worried about finances a whole lot. No. Now, just to give people a little bit of an idea of what we're up against, um, our budget right now is about $400,000 a year, and we spend about half of that on radio time. On, on buying radio time, so right. about about two hundred thousand dollars on radio time, and the other two hundred thousand dollars covers just kind of software costs, personnel costs, postage, printing, right. the mm -hmm. kind of things that any ministry would do. Four hundred thousand dollars. I mean, obviously, isn't the largest ministry budget of all time, but it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, and to cover that. Um, how how did you get to the place where you didn't worry much about finances? I, I'm not quite totally there myself, <laughs> but I need to get there. Um, well, I guess for me, uh, you know, I heard um, back in the day, I heard uh, the head of a Christian radio ministry say one time that as he was appealing for money, he said, you know, if you're led to give, we pray you would. But this is God's ministry, and if he wants it, he'll provide for it. Yep. And that really struck a chord in my heart many years later when I came into this position of head of Christian Crusaders. Like, I really trusted that God had this ministry for a specific purpose. Um, and if he wanted it to keep going, it would go. And he did. He, you know, there were times when, for instance, one time when, even though I didn't worry about money, um, it got a little, little tight. And I was thinking, hmm, you know, would we have to take more out of 
because we do have a small endowment and you know you know how how is this all going to work but i wasn't dwelling on it and um just at that time uh crystal at the time called me and said hey guess what somebody just stopped in with a very generous estate gift Hmm. and you know god did that time and time again where Mm -hmm. You know, you'd see it would hover like the finances would hover around a certain dollar amount and then they dip and stuff. And then there would be some influx. Somebody would mail in a check and say, God really spoke to me through your ministry today. And Mm -hmm. here's my gift to you. I will say, too, though, along with some of those larger estates or maybe bigger gifts, we had so many people that would give week in, week out, you know, this $10, $20, $100 a month. Mm -hmm. It was, and that continued throughout the whole time I was here. Like just steadfast givers that God raised up. And it made a difference. It makes a difference. One of the, one of the vehicles for giving that has been real popular is memorials. Yes. And now we've expanded that a little bit to, if you want to give in the name of someone who's died a memorial or give in honor of somebody who's still living memorials and honorariums. And, uh, it's just incredible. There are people in this ministry who we are their go-to memorial gift. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you'll get a you get a check from these people mm-hmm. and you know before you even open the envelope that if it's their name is on the envelope it's going to be a check for 25 bucks and somebody they love has passed away and they want to mem- uh, commemorate them we we put the names of those who are memorialized as well as the people memorializing them in our newsletter and so there's there's a little incentive to kind of help remember that person yes. but those memorials have been a huge asset. Yeah, I agree with you and um there's more than one person that would um every month or every other month would send in a donation so much per memorial and there'd be this list of 10 people or whatever Mm -hmm. you know that they would want to have memorialized another funny story about donations and support there was always uh once in a while we come in the office here and there's a little mail slot in our door and there would be one of our giving envelopes so this person had evidently gotten giving envelopes which we send out in our mailings i'd say once a month or once every couple months and it would say on the envelope just because. Yeah, we had that one too. Yeah, and it was twenty bucks, yep. twenty dollar bill. Yeah. And one time I was here and just happened to see the person put it in the slot. So we would always wondered <laughs> who is this person, this yeah. anonymous donor. And then I I found out who it was and I didn't say anything to her at the time. But then um, the next time we thanked her with a note i said hey the reason i can send you this note is because i finally figured out who you are and thank you for all those 20 dollar bills that you've dropped in here after all these it's really months. awesome when you think about that there's so many people that just give those little the smaller gifts but really make a difference absolutely so let's go back to homer larson okay uh, he's the pastor that hired your husband in for nazareth for Lutheran, nazareth yes. yep mm-hmm. and, and kind of brought you guys to cedar falls right mm-hmm. and then uh you would kind of come, I don't know if you call it full circle, but that relationship developed. Now you're the director mm-hmm. of the ministry where he's the preacher. Um, what are some of the things you remember, maybe not just isolated Christian crusaders, but impressions of Homer Larson? Yeah, Homer was a force. He was, um, I never questioned his heart for the gospel. He had a passion that God used and honed in his life to share the message of the gospel, to encourage others to think about 
what our Savior has to do with us in a personal way. And I mm-hmm. always appreciated that, that he made it personal. He showed that, that we have a personal God. And, um, you know, he um, I knew him on that level as my husband's co or boss, I guess you'd say, for many years. And then when I came to work here, um, he would laugh and say, okay, now you're my boss. And I'd laugh and say, yeah, don't forget it. And he, <laughs> he, just, he loved that. He loved um, kind of that little exchange of words. And um, I will say that as I got to know him in this role, there was um, a real tenderness on my end, I think, toward him because he, the, the humanness of his body and um, his life was starting to be noticeable. But he was, you know, he would start to preach and he would just have that fire, Mm. that passion. I was thinking the same exact word. Yeah, he just wanted people to know about Jesus. And that came out especially when he preached, I think. Um, So when he did that for here at Christian Crusaders, Sometimes he'd stop in the office and we'd interchange a few things. And, and it was frustrating for him, I think, as he got older, some of the limitations he had to start encountering with his body being older. But um, but to preach was still his passion, and he did a great job. It was like he just God gave him an extra uh, touch when he preached, and that was so good. Um, his personality was the same, whether you met him in the office or whether you met him from the pulpit. He was he was Homer Larson and you never forgot him. You know, he was a good such a strong influence in my life spiritually. Right now I'm looking at our website and I'm scrolling through we have a bunch of Homer's old sermons uploaded yeah. on our website back to 2008 and we still have a bunch of CDs we need to rip messages off and put them on our website which will go back to 2000. I think I can't find it right now, but his very last sermon, I believe, was I'm Ready to Die. Right. I think that was the title of his sermon. And and then another thing that's funny, if you go back through some of the other sermons that he preached, you can just hear Homer, just even in the title of the message. Homer was uh, kind of confrontational. Very, yeah. With, he could be, yeah. With, in life, mm-hmm. about ministry, about whatever, but he was also confrontational with the gospel. Right. I remember the mission statement at Nazareth Church was to confront people <laughs> with the love of God through what we teach and do. Mm-hmm. And I was on staff as a college ministry director after Homer, and one of the senior pastors shortly after Homer was there wanted to get rid of that confront, to confront people. That's too abrasive. That's too in your face. But that's just who Homer was. Mm-hmm. And frankly, that's, I mean, I resonate with that. He wanted to keep it real. Yeah. That was the important thing. Like, let's get down to it. And, yeah. and I, you know, I appreciate that. I was just leading a Bible study this morning. I stood in for a guy who couldn't be there. And it's, it's some older guys that are in this Bible study. And one of them was telling a story about how when he first started to come to church and came to Christ and and his kids had been married shortly prior to this, when this happened Mm -hmm. uh, at Nazareth. And so he said to his wife, we should go over there and check out what's going on. Our kids got married there. They must have married girls that are from here because it Mm -hmm. doesn't sound like they were raised in the church. And, you know, just to be aware of what our kids are getting into. And so he and his wife came over. And shortly after that, Homer comes over to their house to just visit them. Yeah. 
Yep. He said Homer was at their house for like 30 minutes. And just, he said, we didn't talk about God. We didn't talk about the church. We just kind of chit-chatted about whatever was going on. He said that Homer got up to leave. And he said, I remember walking him out to the car. And he said, he said I vividly remember this because I was wearing stockings on my feet. And I, for whatever reason, he remembered that. And he's walking out to the car. And Homer turned to the man. Now, he's not in his house with his wife anymore. It's just man on man. Yeah. And Homer said to him, so why is it that you didn't raise your kids in the church? Good I mean, question. Isn't that something? Yeah. And, and and I think that's just so Homer. Yes. Is on one hand, he's going to respect the situation. He's not coming in there guns blazing. No. You know, he can sit in the living room, chit chat for 30 minutes right. about whatever's going on. But but he does have a greater agenda. Yep. And it is to get to the spiritual heart of the matter. Right. And he had enough respect for the situation, the dynamics to wait until this guy's outside with him just, just alone. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to cause any disruption in his family or his house or his marriage. Yep. But let me just ask you this question privately. And he said, that was the moment when I realized, like, I need to start. He said, I went in the house and I found a Bible on our shelf wow. and started reading scripture. He said it was a version that was hard for me to understand. So then he went to the Christian bookstore and picked up a Bible that was a little more understandable uh-huh. with some notes. And and now today, this guy's probably in his 80s and just a solid, committed follower of Christ. And it started with that interaction with Homer. Mm-hmm. And I think that captures the... Uh, authenticity. Yeah, the authenticity and just the... Um, he didn't confront him in a offensive way, mm-hmm. but like, we're going to talk about this, right? You know, real. Isn't that good? It's really good. Yeah. He but is like but if you could, I wish I could find uh, a couple of these. Andrew and I have laughed about some of the titles of Homer's yeah. sermons because it's like Homer just jumping off the page. Like, you know, Oh, I know exactly where he's going with this one. Well, and uh, also his sermons often, I, I would be surprised and, and uh, delighted that they're timeless. You know, there once in a while he would do something, say something that was specific to a certain time period, but the the general sermon would be something that's just it was be as applicable today as it was then. One of them I just saw was just called "Repent." Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Or another one here is uh, "Stand firm, Jesus lives." Yeah. Uh, great stuff. And yeah. and you can go to our website, christiancrusaders.org, if you want to hear any of this. Just go to the listen uh, button, and you can listen to the broadcast, and then scroll down, and you can find this stuff. I'm back in, like, 2011, 2012, 2013. Homer finished up when? In 14? Sometime. I remember. Yeah. 13, 14. But it was after you were here. Yeah, after I was here. We were in the transition. So um, we had been, he had been our main pastor preaching about three Sundays a month. And then Steve Kramer, his son-in-law, Pastor Steve Steve Kramer, would take that last Sunday. And I think that was kind of the idea, although it was up to the board to see if Steve would like to come on board then as the main preacher, and that's what happened. Then when Homer decided to retire, then Steve became our main pastor, and then we hired Pastor Lee Lavig to take that Mm -hmm. fifth Sunday or fourth Sunday to Mm -hmm. give Steve a break. So um, that was a that was a big transition because Homer had been here so long and he had such a loyal following. Yep. And you know Homer was not only gifted through the Holy Spirit with sharing the gospel, but he had that radio voice. You know, mm-hmm. you just want to listen to him. He had, and um, just his style of preaching. 
um, all those things combined were really amazing for the time that he did did his ministry with us. Um, then when Steve came on board, it was just a little different style. So you had some people that liked that, some people who didn't like it as well. But yeah. it has proven to be God's ministry, and it keeps on yeah. going. Yeah, that, That's why at the beginning I say the secret to this isn't Homer. It isn't no. the directors. It's it's not the radio stations we're on. It's a commitment to the Word of God. That's right. And we're going to, Lord willing, uh, continue that direction. Um, let's talk about how Andrew got here. Andrew. Your son. So you were, you retired. Yep, I retired. And then you had to stick around for another month because I wasn't ready to <laughs> come in until the first of the year in yeah. 2020. I was expecting a grandbaby and I thought, oh, this is the perfect time. So I had, you know, shared with the board my intent to leave the beginning of December. And then I stuck around a little time um, just as a bridge, a transition till you were ready to take it full time. And then I'm not exactly sure how well, this Crystal all retired oh, at yeah. the same time. Yeah, then Crystal decided to retire in November. Yeah, and then at the time, uh, Andrew decided that he wanted a little career change, I think, um, and was looking for something different and felt actually called mm -hmm. when he was given the opportunity to come on board with you. Mm -hmm. so. What's interesting is Andrew, at first he was... When I started in January of 2020, he was talking about how he was still kind of interested in doing real estate law. That's his mm -hmm. career. He's trained as a lawyer. Yep. And uh, he was going to maybe look into opportunities to do that elsewhere. And so he'd stick around for two or three months right. to kind of help me transition. And then as we kind of went into that, um, he kind of sensed, I think, another call to stick around. We had a conversation. I'm really enjoying this. I think I can help this ministry and so if you're open to considering this in a more full-time capacity, which honestly at the beginning I hadn't been because I had a different idea of how this was all going to play out. But uh, Andrew and I work so well together, and he's got strength in areas where I am so weak. And uh, we, were we were having a conversation before we started recording about the importance for this ministry right now to make some serious technological changes yes we need to kind of like to, to get into the podcast space mm -hmm. uh we've got a app now that you can download on your right. on your google phone or your iphone the the cc app which you can get at either the google play store or the apple app store and andrew just on top of this ripping cds and putting the sermons online this is all stuff that is does not come naturally to me i don't understand it i get i get emails from him all the time with links to little things that we need that are going to help um streamline our technology processes and really when i went to nrb that was another thing that i learned this year is like you got to have someone in your shop who gets this intuitively and Andrew does, and, and not only that, but we have a good time working together. So. Well, that's great. I'm I'm really thankful he has this position, and then he can work with you. I and that honestly, as I came to the place where I felt God calling me into retirement or um, letting go of this position, I had that vision, you know, that that things were moving in more of that technological, as I re referenced earlier, like that we needed to kind of this was we were on the edge of whether we're going to stay um just a radio ministry and kind of just ride that out or if we wanted to kind of duly embrace this other 
like podcasts or but online ministry for sure and but i felt ill-equipped to know how to do that Mm -hmm. and that was i i will say that was a real piece that when i let go of this ministry i felt like god was going to lead it Mm -hmm. and bring it into that other dimension as well Mm -hmm. not letting go of the radio ministry but letting go or but also embracing that next um that newer cultural frontier, I guess you'd say. Um, and so I really, I'm thankful for you that had that, not only that vision, but like you like to do podcasts, you like to do things. And I knew, or I could sense, you know, from NRB, but just from being in our culture, that that was where we were going yeah. if we wanted to keep on doing it. Like this was a real opportunity to share the gospel in another, not either or, but in an enhanced way. Yeah. And um, so I'm really thankful that he brought you on board. And then I, it was a blessing as a mom to have Andrew come on board because I do think he has those talents. That's great. I can do that. I think what's amazing for me, so the two podcasts that we have added are a daily devotional podcast. We're doing a Bible overview. And then we have a podcast where we have interviews like this one. That's mm-hmm. the Conversations That's podcast. That's where this will be. And I never ever thought of myself as podcasting and never had any idea, any interest in doing it. I should actually back up a step and just say in October of 19, Tim Butker called me one night. I think it was a Monday night. And I remember just pulling into my driveway. I was sitting in my truck, hadn't gotten out of my truck yet. Tim calls and Tim Butker is on the board of directors. He's now one of our associate preachers. He's the chaplain over at the Western home communities. And Tim and I have known each other for a long, long time. And we'll talk on the phone periodically about whatever is going on. And so Tim calls me that night and he goes, so Matt, how are we doing? And I'm like, well, fine. I mean, this is kind of a weird start to a, a normally casual conversation. And he kind of goes through the things I'm involved in. So you got the life project thing going. That's a ministry I used to work for. That's going well for you. Yeah, it's going great. And the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, that's that's getting stronger. Yeah, that's do, doing well. And you, you got the fireworks stores, like <laughs> co-own these fireworks. And so I finally said, Tim, what are we talking about right now? What do you like? What's going on here? He said, "Well, I was uh, I was just at a meeting, and I can imagine it was October, and you had turned in your resignation, sure, or retirement, retirement. in September. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee, knowing what I know now, I guarantee the board didn't do anything with that in September. And so at the October meeting, it's like, oh crap, we we need to we need to get going on this thing. And so they must have had to come to Jesus." conversation at that meeting about this is happening and we need to fill this position. And Tim said, Matt, as I listened to the conversation unfold, he said, "Um, your name is the first name that came to my mind. And I just want to really encourage you to apply for that director job. And I I, I laughed. I said, Tim, I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. And, and I mean, this is no reflection on you or, but you, you know, you talked about being around Nazareth for a long time and not knowing a lot about what was going on with Christian crusaders, even though it was right here in the church. I said, Tim, that ministry has one foot in the grave, right? And you're not going to find anyone good to do that job. <laughs> Doesn't God have a sense of humor? No, no. The reality is, they may still have not found anyone good to do that <laughs> job. But, but um, then Tim said, Matt, I want you to pray about it. He said, just genuinely ask the Lord, and he kind of laughed with me, like I know what you think, blah blah blah. Pray about it. And then he said, and I just would say this, I, he said, I think I'm representing the board pretty fairly if I were to say the slate could not be more clean. 
mm-hmm. I mean, basically, we got to keep the radio broadcast going. Right. But beyond that, you can do whatever you want. Yep. And I went in the house and told my wife this conversation from Tim, and she laughed. It's like if we're in the New Testament, we'd have been struck dead by God. Yeah. You know, those two people that laughed at God. Or at least struck numb, uh, dumb. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and so I I did pray about it that night. I was like, Lord, you know what I think about this. But I told Tim I'd pray about it. And if this is something you want to do, then, you know, I want to be submissive to what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And I woke up the next morning and all of a sudden just had gobs of ideas. Yeah. Just ideas about a podcast, this, and I don't even remember all the ideas because most of them we didn't do, but it was all of a sudden just this, this, uh, the Holy Spirit, you know, just giving you a vision. Right. And, uh, you know, one thing led to another. I went through this whole process with the guy that led the search process mm-hmm. and, um, and ended up here and I love it. Yeah. I mean, I would never, I tell people all the time, I would never have guessed that I would be in this position and, and really enjoying it. And frankly, it goes hand in hand with the Bible conference because yeah. Cedar Falls Bible conference is another old ministry mm-hmm. that it has well established, grounded in the word of God, clear about the gospel. But these are both ministries where we don't want to alienate our current audience. Right. We don't want to compromise any of our biblical or gospel content, but we do need to repackage it in a way that has more impact with people who we aren't right. reaching. Mm-hmm. And and it's been real cool because the radio thing is pretty much still what it was. Yeah. So it's not like we've done anything to lose that audience, but we've been able to add to it. And, um, and I just think the Lord's blessing that. And we've got a few things in the works that I think are going to take it further and broader. Tim Butker being added to our stable of preachers is mm-hmm. a huge asset and uh the guy who told me about the job and now we're hiring him to preach and so it, it's just cool to see the lord uh, the lord's hand in all of this i think uh, it's interesting that you share that story because in that way at least we both had the same reaction when it was confront you know when we were confronted with the possibility of leading this ministry like yeah right no you know yeah yeah but in God's plan, yep. I believe that he is not done with this ministry. And yeah. that's what's so exciting, I think, is that it has a platform. It has already a vehicle for which to share the gospel in a mighty way. And yeah. That's so exciting. Yeah. I just remembered a call that I got from a guy who's a trucker. Yeah. He's driving across the state on a Sunday morning, picks up our program. I mean, again, yeah. how random and and it is hugely significant i mean it's like the preacher is preaching to me mm-hmm. now i know the inner workings of this like that sermon was recorded 3 weeks ago in steve's den or wherever he re- records his messages and it's edited by al and it's put on and it just happens to be this sunday mm-hmm. that that sermon on that station is on that station he happens to be driving within mm-hmm. range of it and catches it and it changes his life like yeah isn't that amazing? It's that's, really amazing. That's our God. He's the Holy Spirit is mighty and at work, and it's amazing that we can be a part of it. It's a blessing to be a part of it. It is. Um, let's talk a second about the title, the name of the ministry, Christian Crusaders. You were telling a story about a call you got one time from Idaho. 
Yeah, I got a call from a gentleman, and he was very concerned about the name Christian Crusaders, and he felt like that the name Crusader had a very negative impact on um, Mideastern people and how that that was such a a slap in the face to them. Um, It was hard for me to kind of get that connection from him because I don't think that most people even remember the holy wars or like mm-hmm. what i mean that just was a very i felt like that was out of left field like where is this coming from you know i always thought of crusader as a warrior or a a fighter in a good way mm-hmm. you know like somebody that like the you know like batman the crusader mm-hmm. um so that was really interesting to me that that would be such a and he didn't the interesting thing about that conversation too was he didn't have any uh, issue with our content or with the gospel, but it was just the name. And mm-hmm. again, I was like, I felt like we were talking about something that really wasn't that important. Um, that if if any, that the Holy Spirit could use our ministry no matter what the name of it was. And so I felt like that was kind of very interesting. So when I first started the board had indicated to me that they were interested in potentially changing the name for that reason. Because mm-hmm. the Crusaders think, so um, you think of Campus Crusade for Christ. Right. They changed their name to Crew. I, they yeah. got rid of the Crusade name. Uh, Steve Kramer told me that he and Homer consulted with Dr. Haddon Robinson, who's this you know well-known preacher, and he evaluated some of their sermons. And when his wife was asking him what he was doing, he he relayed this to Steve and Homer. He said, oh, I was hired by these preachers on the radio for a ministry called Christian Crusaders to evaluate their sermons, give them some feedback. And his wife said, Crusaders? You got it. I can't believe they have that name. And so Haddon passed that along to Steve. And so there was a little bit of a sentiment like, we need to change this name. Well, the issue that I had was, man, it's only been known as Christian Crusaders. I mean, if you're going to rebrand something exactly. that's as old as this is... And that really, it's not like this is focus on the family or insight for living with this huge, huge audience that even if you lose a few folks during the rebranding process, you're going to be fine because you're Chuck Swindoll or you're James Dobson. We're not that. No. So it's like we, I'm not sure we can afford to totally do that, you know, change the name. And so initially I was kind of like, okay, we're going to change the name. And then I realized, man, that's a huge risk. Mm-hmm. because you rebrand this thing. So what we've settled on, and you'll notice this, we have the CC podcast, right. Christian Crusaders. So we don't wear Crusaders on our sleeve in some of the newer media that we put out. And maybe, I don't know, maybe it's the, the people that are listening to podcasts who would be more sensitive to a term like Crusaders. I don't know. Uh, we have the CC newsletter. Now, what's interesting is just last week, I got an email from a guy, longtime supporter, listener, old timer would have been a close friend of Homer Larson's who said, you know, Matt, I think you're really missing the boat by saying CC this and CC that. I think you need to stick to Christian Crusaders. It's kind of disrespectful to the previous title. (laughs) And so the the long story short is you're never going to please all the people all the time. But if you see our website, it's christiancrusaders.org. If you see the stuff that we hand out that we kind of wear on our sleeve, our promotional stuff, a lot of times that's CC. And, And the only reason we're doing that is... 
so that we can have the greatest influence with the most people. We're not ashamed of our title. We're not ashamed of our name. Um, but and, and I like what you said, Julie, that when I think of Crusader, I think of uh, a, a warrior or a fighter for truth mm-hmm. in a good way. Yeah. And uh, so the the saga of our name and the debates about what we should do with it will we'll continue on. But I think even when we talk about what we've said over and over is that that's the the foundation of this ministry is God's word and the gospel. The title fades into a secondary matter. Well, that's what exactly the reputation of this ministry has always been founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and throughout this 85 years, there has been nothing that has wavered from that. So to, at this point, make that the issue crusader, I, it seems like a bit of a, trivial thing to me but that's right i would encourage people to use the title they wish yeah there you if go. it's christian crusaders then that's what you tell your friends to tune into and if it's the cc podcast then you can point them to that so mm-hmm. good stuff okay well um i'm gonna wind this up and i'm just gonna say uh thanks to the listeners who have supported this many of you aren't listening to this because you're gone uh they're in heaven now people who've made Christian Crusaders what it is, the the people who've worked here, the board members that have served to get us to the place where it's 85 years old. And obviously the Lord gets the glory and uh, we're just excited to have been used by him. Julie, you prayed before we recorded. And I wonder if you would close us with prayer and just pray for this ministry and ask the Lord to bless it for however he yeah, leads you, you to pray. Yep. Father, we come and the name of Jesus, such a gift to us. Thank you for that indescribable gift of his death and resurrection on the cross that we can have a personal relationship with you. Lord, we thank you so much for the gift of this ministry, Christian Crusaders. We thank you for the pastors that have come and spoken your word through the airwaves for many, many years, 85 years. We thank you that we could be a small part of this, Matt and I and Janet and Karen, others that have also led this ministry. But Lord, we bow to your power, to your purpose, that we do not, we know it's not of our own effort. There's nothing in our effort that can make it anything. It's only with your Holy Spirit that can encourage, confront Bring us face-to-face with our Savior and Lord. And we just pray that for the people who listen today. We pray that for those who um, just tune in and are needing that reassurance, but also that encouragement and maybe even that introduction to a Savior in their life. Mm -hmm. And that's what we pray, Lord, that you would bless the efforts that are sown in your name the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we pray it in the mighty name of Jesus. The CC Podcast is part of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry, started in 1936 and is one of America's longest-running radio ministries. We are 100% donor-funded, and donations to our ministry are 100% tax-deductible. So if you are encouraged, challenged, or inspired by today's conversation, please consider making a donation on our website, christiancrusaders.org, or mail a check to Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. 
In addition to our other podcasts, which I mentioned at the front of this episode, I want to mention two of our other ministry partners worth checking out. First, the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, equipping believers with the truth of God's Word since 1922. Visit cedarfallsbibleconference.com for free access to previous conference content or for more information about upcoming events. Second is Power to Change Digital Strategies, an online ministry partnering volunteer Christian mentors with people around the world searching the internet for answers. If you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online conversation with a caring Christian adult, go to issuesiface.com. Or if you would like to be a volunteer Christian mentor, please visit p2cdigital.com. That's the letter P, the number two, and the letter C, digital.com. See our episode notes for details and links. And remember to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and write a review. God's richest blessings to you. And thanks again for listening.